Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, week 11 in the NFL is upon us, so we'll cover everything you need to know with the TSK Show power rankings and our picks of the week. And we're jumping right back into the NBA as it quickly ramps back up. We'll also preview the NBA draft, which is set for tomorrow, Wednesday night, and we'll discuss some big trades that have been agreed to now that the transaction window has opened for the NBA offseason. All this and more on episode 169 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 169 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, the one and only, Shelton's very own, the loser of our bet from last week, Tyler Pachelki. Tyler, what's up, big guy? How you doing, man? Well, boy, have <laughs> I had to eat a lot of humble pie today during <laughs> these notes. How was that? I really swung swung and, and missed on so many aspects of this episode. <laughs> Sitting, <Pretty> across, <laughs> Sitting across from me on the board, our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm just, uh, I didn't bring the popcorn, which I forgot to, ah. but you know what? Um, I'm here to enjoy every bit of it. Well, before Tyler has to pay up for losing our bet this weekend for the uh, Rams versus Seahawks game, this next segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. so just to give everybody a little bit of a refresher on what the bet was obviously i'm a big los angeles rams fan tyler is a big seattle seahawks fan they faced off 
on Sunday in a divisional matchup that was for first place at the time until the Cardinals won their game at the last second. And now the Cardinals are in first place. But at the time, it was for first place, and Tyler and I wanted to make it interesting. And so Tyler came up with the idea that if he were to win, well, if the Seattle Seahawks were to win the game and he were to win the bet, I would have to say 10 good, true, honest, and nice things about the Los Angeles Clippers. And that if I won and the Rams won the game, Tyler would have to say 10 nice, true, honest things about the Duke University men's basketball team, the Duke Blue Devils. So Tyler lost. And now he's got to pay the price. So, Tyler, the floor is yours. All right. I don't know, really know how to open this, so I'm just going to jump right in. I'm gonna get, Now, I basically tried to do it from, like, number one is, like, most complimentary to number 10 is, like, least complimentary. Okay, so I want you to start at 10 then. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. That's, so, I'll start with, like, kind of the, you know, easygoing stuff, and I'll end with the good shit. So, uh, number 10, I'm going to start out with uh shout-out Duke for signing their first Seattle prospect this year from O'Day High School. Uh, his name's Paulo Benchero. Um, he's a five-star recruit, top-five kid. And so shout-out them for finally dipping into the Seattle hotbed of, of basketball. Um, fair? Yeah, I'll take it. All right, number nine, they're Nike school. Shout out Duke for signing with the with the beef. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would, uh, I, it's been a struggle my whole life uh, that they they they're Nike school. You know, it'd be so much easier if they're Adidas. So, shout out Duke for for rocking with the check. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? I Sarah? love that one. I love that one. All right, number eight. This one's probably my favorite. Uh, this one's probably like my most. You know, like I truly just I hate to admit this, but it's true. Their black, those black uniforms are fire. I mean, they're, they're, the Duke jerseys, their black jerseys with the blue yep. is one of the best jerseys in basketball. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I can just picture JJ running around in it. But, uh, yeah, so fair? Yes. All right, Coden, number seven. Um, I didn't want to, like, like, I wanted to just clump together a couple of my favorite alumni. So these are just like, the, my, I would say, my three favorite Duke alumni basketball players. I just clumped them into one thing. That's fine. Uh, and and that's Grant Hill. Uh, my mom says he was my first favorite player ever. Uh, uh, J.J. Redick, I got to give a special shout-out to J.J. because at one point in time, that was my least favorite human being on the planet. And now I can truly say I'm a fan of J.J. Um, and then uh, Zion, man, you got to shout him out for for – for bringing in the the best recruits since Braun. Okay. So, yeah. No, I think, like those. Right? I like those. All right. I wanted to clump it all into the one there. So, all right. Uh, and now where are we at? Where are we at? One, it's six. two, three. All right. So now coming at number six. Um, this one, I just got to give a shout out because it always typically is against North Carolina. Well, every other year it's against North Carolina, and that's that they start all their seniors on senior night. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of schools. I know a lot of schools do this, but I think it's particularly cool for Duke because typically their seniors are just like unheard of. <laughs> I mean, they're like, and and they're playing. And like I said, every other year they're playing against North Carolina, 
And I think that respect allows other teams to do it too. And college basketball and college sports in general should be all around, around the seniors when really they're not. So uh, shout out Duke for respecting seniors on senior night. Maybe that one should have been further down the list. Uh, and then now coming into the good stuff, uh, I got to say at number five in the top five, I got to say uh, if they weren't as good as they were, you know, like the UNC rivalry wouldn't mean anything. So, like, basically what I'm trying to say is they're, like, a worthy opponent. Um, yeah, I feel you. I, I, like, UNC can't be part of the best rivalry in sports, which I think it is the best rivalry in sports. Uh, they, you know, that's not special. That's not special if Duke sucks, you know, or that you have to, you, you know, you need that product on the other. If you want to be great, you got to be great type of stuff. So, um I'm shouting out Duke for being basically what I would consider a worthy opponent and the only rival that I truly see in the world. They're a blue blood. Uh, okay, so so for so number four, I'll just I'll, this isn't number four, but I'll say it now is they are a blue blood, a true blue blood school of college hoops. Um, they are arguably the best basketball program in America. I mean, at any given year, they can be number one. Uh, and I don't think you can ever put them lower than four. Um, they are true blue blood, and they are a staple basketball program in college, right? Yeah. All right, so I just threw you a lob on that one. Unexpectedly. Yeah, well, that, was my, that was my number two. Okay, so, all right. Uh, I, I just said it because you, you tossed it up already. So, uh, And then my uh, this, this next one, I got to say, shout out them. They are definitely a titan of the tournament, a March Madness, just Megalodon, you know what I mean? Five, uh, and now, so I just took their tournament stats in the last 30 years, five titles, three times runner-up. So eight times in, in 30 years. Uh, they went back-to-back in 91-92, which has only been done one other time by Florida in that time span. Uh, they made the that Final Four nine times in 21 out of 30 years. They made the, six, the Sweet 16. Uh, running it at seventy percent, so uh, they're they are uh, what I would call a titan of the NCAA tournament. Puke. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting for some sort of like disgust to come out. Oh, and, I'm and, trying to be. In... I'm trying to be solid here. <laughs> I'm trying to go through it as fast as I can, so I don't have to. You got two more. Two more. Oh God. All right, I'm going to save the one that I don't want to say the most for last. Perfect. Uh, coming at number two, I, this one I think is just is the probably the only one that I would say out loud in public, and that's the Coach K is the Mount Rushmore college basketball coach of all time. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I can't like as much as I hate Duke and and, and all of this. It's I wouldn't I've never been someone to like slander Coach K. It may be like. God damn it, you know, frustrated, like, oh, my God, he's going to do it again type of thing. But when it's all said and done, the utmost respect for Coach K, uh, fourth all-time in wins, 25 Sweet 16s, five rings, uh, been at the same program for 40 years, four decades. Um, Coach K has is, is, is got to be on Mount Rushmore of college basketball. Um, all right. Then, damn, Jacob, I, mean, I wish you had a drum roll ready. Ah. Next time, I'm gonna. I gotta say, they they've they've got to have the best home court in college hoops. Wow, I hate to say 
I, and I will never say it again in my life. But wow, wait, are you are you I'm talking ready. more aesthetics or are you talking about home crowd? No, he's talking atmosphere. Not, oh, atmosphere. I'm not okay. gonna get, I'm not gonna go into any more details than that. I've said <laughs> what I've said. He'll fill it. He'll let I, other people fill in the blanks for him. I just I I I see that they have the best home court. Their advantage at home court is is greater than any other college basketball team and and it's probably really really high up there in all sports you know it's it maybe even like a top 10 home court advantage in all sports but uh yeah that's that's where i'm gonna leave it at all right well that was that was definitely entertaining that was that was definitely a fun bet that was as disrespectful as i could do it i tried to hide behind numbers um, you know, but no, listen, yeah, they had to be it, true, it, honest, me, nice things. It took me a couple of days. I'm, and, and to be honest with you, the, I had nine for a while. And the last one I threw in there was that they were Nike school. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be one of the first ones you would throw in there. I, I, I will say though, on top of the coach K admitting out loud, the black jerseys are just fire, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm, those I'm done. Jerseys I'm, are... done to, I'm, I'm done talking talk, talking nice about uh All right, so I might I might as well get into the sponsor then. So before we get into the power rankings, I have to tell you about Fitness Ablaze Training Center, located in Olympia, Washington. Fitness Ablaze Training Center provides clients with professionally designed fitness and/or nutrition programs. They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private personal training, team and group training, nutrition coaching, and online slash remote coaching. TSK Show listeners can get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your your first month of training just by mentioning TSK Show. Enter promo code TSK Show at fitnessablaze.com to get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training. That's promo code TSK Show at checkout from fitnessablaze.com. Dot com. All right, Tyler, take it away again with the power rankings. Oh, God, I just, my mouth just tastes horrible right now. This is, this is tough to transition out of. Um, all right, talking football now. No more Duke. We're good. Um, coming in at number 10 was really hard. Um, I think a lot of these teams have, like, played each other and beat each other. Um, so it was really just, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with my gut here and rank these teams. I'm coming in at number ten with Buffalo Bills. Um, Buffalo Bills took a big drop, I think, even though they lost the last second uh, game. Uh, I just I'm I'm not 100% sure on their their ability to win down the stretch of the season and win in the playoffs. I think they're gonna get to the playoffs. I think that they'll be able to hold off Miami uh, and New England if they're if they you know, can just go 500 the rest of the way. Um, but they're they're just kind of an up-and-down football team, and they're definitely beatable. Uh, so I like them. At, I like them as a, a playoff team, but not, now I got them at 10. Uh, coming at number nine, I think this is their first time in the top 10 this year. Uh, I got the Arizona Cardinals um, coming right, right in front of Buffalo in the power rankings. You can basically take either one of those teams. Um you know, in a Hail Mary situation. Obviously, D-Hop made the amazing play to get the dub. Uh, this offense is just so dangerous. You know, if they if if they were a little more, if 
if I was a little more uh, confident in Kyler Murray's ability not to turn over the ball, I would say this is like a really, really good football team. But I think that the Arizona Cardinals are probably primed to be the one to be the outside looking in as far as the playoffs go at the end of the year. Um, but they definitely have a shot at making the playoffs. Um, I don't see them advancing, though. And then uh, coming in at number – sorry, I just lost my place. Okay, coming in at number eight, I got Baltimore Ravens. Um, this is a weird team. I think this is this team is really similar to Seattle, uh, who I have at number seven as well. So I'll just – I'll kind of talk about Baltimore and Seattle together. Uh, they're seven and eight. They're six and three. So it looks good. I mean, if you're a fan of Baltimore or Seattle, you should be happy with the record. But they just haven't played as good as you feel like they can play. Uh, Lamar's offense hasn't popped like you feel like it can. The defense has been really solid for them. Seattle's offense has been as prolific as anybody, but their defense has been historically bad. I still so I still really like these football teams but moving forward. These teams have legitimate shots to be in AFC, NFC championship game scenarios. Um, they haven't played well in the last little sample size, but Mark Ingram's coming back, and I looked for Russell Wilson to bounce back from arguably the two, the the worst two game stretch of his career, uh, turning the ball over seven times in two games, uh, and then coming at number six, I got I got the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they they've got a top five defense, uh, maybe even better than that, maybe even the best defense of the league. They really just hang on golf. I mean, they really. If golf plays well, they, they they typically beat you. If golf plays bad, the Rams can lose. Um, and so it, it's really – I think McVay's got it dialed in. I think the wide receivers are great. Um, they have a running back by committee. But the one concern I have for the Rams moving forward is Andrew Whitworth. Um, that's a big-time loss. He was a huge, huge get for this team. Shout-out, Big Whit. Stabilizer on that offensive line. Um, big time. And so – you know, every every team's working with working against something. I think that that's the Rams something, uh, but their defense has been playing so well that it's been able to kind of counteract Goff's um, kind of ups and downs. Uh, but they're stepping on the door of a top five team. I uh, got to got to give the Rams credit. Uh, so then coming at number five, I got the New Orleans Saints. Now the Rams, the Seahawks, the Ravens, as of today could beat the, I mean the Saints without Drew Brees is kind of the big thing moving forward. They can beat the Saints. I'm gonna keep the Saints in the top five because I'm gonna let Jameis Winston uh and um uh what what's what's my boy's name? <laughs> the other quarterback. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Sorry. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna let I'm gonna let They don't they uh, don't use Winston. him as a quarterback so it took me a second too so it, yeah, but I'm going to let them use those two guys, uh, see if they can win some games. But kind of like Pittsburgh last week, I'm kind of hitting that panic button with the Rams, or with the Saints. Uh, the Saints, without Drew Brees, are a completely different football team. We haven't seen what they can do yet. Like, we have seen the Steelers, w- what they look like without Roethlisberger. We haven't really seen the Saints without Brees. So um, I'm going to look, I'm going to keep them in the top five for now. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely hitting the panic button with them moving forward without Drew Brees. Uh, and coming in at number four, I've got the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay at seven and two. Aaron Rodgers, like we said all year, I think now that Russell Wilson's fallen off, um, Rodgers to me has got to be the favorite for MVP. Um, he's dialed in, and uh, you know with all the injuries 
and and downplay and inconsistent play with all these NFC teams. Green Bay has just kind of been the the steady mover. Um, so I, I still don't know if they're a Super Bowl winning team just with their limited cap- capabilities with their personnel. You know, being not a necessarily deep offensive football team, but uh, they're they're rolling right now. I mean, coming at number three, I've got Tampa Bay, uh, seven and three after the after the uh, first ten games. You know they've had a they've had an embarrassing loss, but you just you got to roll with Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and every single game uh, getting better. Not this better. week. They have they have so they have so many weapons, um, and they're constantly evolving, constantly figuring it out. That their best football is probably going to be played in December and January. Um, and then coming at number two, I hit the pan. I gotta I gotta apologize to the Steelers fans. I hit the I hit the panic button last week. Um, no Ben Roethlisberger. I, you know, I didn't think they had a chance. I had him at number five. I had him losing to the Bengals. But Ben played, and, and Ben was Ben. So if Ben Roethlisberger's out on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers at 9-0, and they've got to be a top-two team in the league. Um, and the only reason they're not number one at 9-0 and is because Mahomes and, and Kansas City are sitting at the throne right now until I see somebody. I mean, you're going to have to really put together a win streak uh, a couple dominant wins over big opponents. Nine in a row ain't enough. Nine in a row ain't enough. I'm just making sure. It, 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 it's not. You're gonna have to put together something crazy to knock off these Chiefs because it doesn't look like they're gonna lose for the rest of the year. All right. Uh, well, let's let's run it back one through ten, and then we'll uh, we'll get into our picks of the week. All right. I got Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, New Orleans. And I've got Los Angeles, Seattle, Baltimore, Arizona, and Buffalo. And also, man, shout out to Miami Dolphins. I wanted to get them in there so bad, but I just, I just couldn't do it quite yet. All right, no, I mean that's that's a tough call, but uh, it makes sense why why you had to keep them out. the The ten teams you just mentioned, I think, were the the ten teams we really all thought coming into the season were going to be the teams that were going to be in yeah, the hunt. I think- you looked at it preseason would be pretty solid outside of Arizona. Uh, yeah. You know, Arizona was kind of like people didn't know, but for the most part, these are kind of the usual suspects. Realistically, you swap Dallas with Arizona, and that's yeah, and then yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's uh let's get into the picks of the week. We're gonna do it a little bit differently, but kind of the same. Uh, we're gonna kind of just touch on really the big games this week but we'll we'll still hit every game and let you know who we think is going to win each game so we can keep tally uh of our records for the rest of the season and and have a winner come the end of the season and and week 17 but all right jacob how did you do last week Ooh, this was not a good week for me eight and six (laughs) eight and six okay overall 97 and 50 97 and 50 yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Seven games up, or more than seven games up. Excuse me. 47 games. 40 saves. Yes, 47, <laughs> 47 games. Yeah. Don't worry, we weren't math majors. <laughs> Not at all. All right, I went 9-5 and five last week, so uh, it was a decent week, and uh, my overall record, uh, that doesn't seem right if I'm if you're 97-50, and because I'm 93-51. and 51. That mm. doesn't make sense. Yeah, Scholar, you were two games behind us, so you should be one game behind him. Yeah, you should be one game so, behind me. So you right. should be at ni- 96 and 51. Okay, 96 mm-hmm. and 51. That makes more sense. You're right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and then, then this is what well, I get for this I, is what I, I get for doing notes at like one o'clock in the morning. But yeah. well, I mean, I, I went fourteen and zero, like I said. Well, see, this is why I left you for last, Tyler. You started out zero and one on Thursday. <laughs> I mean, so did oh, I. Oh boy! I mean, we all started water. out. Yeah. We all started out zero and one on Thursday. Oh, yeah. To be fair, but the, the crystal ball was, was very cloudy. <laughs> there was a there, there was a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of losses going on for Tyler doing these notes today. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> this is just it not is a just, good episode for Tyler. No, it's not. I lost, I, the, the Seahawks lost. I lost. It just, it just, it, when it rains, it pours. You know. What What was your record? I went nine and five. All right, so, I'm so nine, ninety-eight and forty-nine. Not bad. Not bad. So you're not in bad. first place. Jacob's in second, and I'm still in third. So hey, the, it's not all bad first, for you, Tyler. Being in first place feels like a participation trophy at this point in time. <laughs> My my I'm, my confidence is already too beat up. All right. <laughs> well, I think you're going to get a bit of a confidence boost uh, in two days on Thursday, because uh, Thursday night football we got the number nine team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Arizona Cardinals, coming in at six and three. <laughs> They're going to Seattle to take on the number seven team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the six and three Seattle Seahawks. Cardinals coming off the big win uh, at the last second on the hail mary. Kyler Murray getting away from defenders like it was no well, like it's his job and DeAndre Hopkins going up there and just putting up a commercial for Jordan Brand by himself grabbing the Hail Mary out of the sky and then the Seahawks on the other hand they're coming off the big loss on the road to the Rams Russell Wilson now has seven turnovers in two weeks but I think that Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, they're going to be able to to find a way to win on Thursday. It will be tough because the Rams kind of put out a, a how-to on how to shut down DK, uh, DK, huh. DK well, Metcalf. And how'd you, how, how'd you get a top five corner? It's not, not too easy. Well, I mean, listen, Arizona's got Buda Baker out there. He's the highest paid secondary player in the league different 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 guy doesn't guard not guard an outside receiver true i, mean, I they know have Pat, they, have Pat, they have patrick peterson i mean well yeah the formula, don't forget pp you know? either yeah they have the formula but. but no i mean i think ultimately seattle still wins this game i think it's it's going to come down to quarterback play and i know i just no. said russell uh has seven turnovers in two weeks but I mean, I'm going to take Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray still every day of the week. Yeah, it won. To respect to the Cardinals, they beat us this first time around. Yeah, this is uh, the second matchup. Their, and, and that was in their home. We're, we're at home this week. Uh, I like Russell in a short week over Kyler. You know, I think that that's a good little advantage for, for Russell. Um, just being, you know, I, I just think such a smart guy. And, nope, Tyler. Uh-oh. You know, I think Tyler, that was, Tyler, hold on, hold on, hold on. A... Hold on, you cut out. Go back. <laughs> you were cutting out. One second. You got me? Yeah, I got you now. Where where was I? Uh well, you left off at all respect to Kyler and then it kind of and basically Seattle's the short week being an advantage to Seattle. 
Yeah. And then I wanted to touch on the uh, the DK thing. Oh yeah. You know, I really think I really think that that was more uh, Russell's fault. You got you've got to you've got to give him some some shots. You can't allow a corner to just shut down a side of the field like that. So um, I look for Russell to come off a, you know a horrible two games um, like we've seen Russell deal with adversity his whole career and, and rise to the occasion. Um, Seattle's going to get better on defense. Carlos Dunlap's going to come into his third game. Uh, Jamal Adams is back playing well. Um, so I, you know, we've been really, really bad uh, on defense statistically. Um, but you know, our offense is—I'm trying to focus on things we do well. And so uh, I think our offense is as good as any. We may have to score 30 to win, but that's—that's uh, that's what it's going to take. That's what we're going to—that's what Russell's is going to do. Um, and obviously, I like us to beat beat Arizona at home this this week. Yeah, I mean, I think that I was honestly surprised that Russell didn't even take any shots at DK. Like he didn't he didn't even throw him the ball. Yeah, it was a bad. I think that's a bad choice. I mean, you, you got to give him some one on one shots uh, just just to see, you know, see what this guy's got. Yeah. Uh, if 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 Ramsey if Ramsey shuts him down, then. You know that that's fine. You know, stop throwing the ball, but you got to give him a couple shots. Yeah. All right, Jacob. Who you got in this game? As great of a direction that the Cardinals are going in, man, that was a crazy game this weekend. Yeah. I did bet against them, which I screwed myself there, but <laughs> I have to go with the Seahawks on this one. I just don't think that they lose three games in a row because this would be their third loss, if I'm not mistaken, in a row. Correct. They lost to Buffalo the week before. Yep. Yep. And then, and then they, yeah. And they lost to the Rams. I don't think they lose three in a row. Yeah. So they, I got to go with the Hawks on this one. Three out of the last, lost three out of the last four. Yeah. And, I mean, this game is for first place in the NFC West. And, yeah, I so, mean. So to them, this is a big game. And Tyler mentioned it, that they did lose the first game against the Cardinals. So I don't think they come uh, to their own house and lose this one. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got uh, on s- Sunday, the first slate uh, for the morning games, we got. The Philadelphia Eagles coming in at 3-5-1. and one. They lost by 10 to the New York Giants. They're going to Cleveland to take on the 6-3 and three Browns. Cleveland beat Houston by 3, 10-7. Nick Chubb made his return, and Kareem Hunt also had a big game. They both had over 100 yards rushing each. I got Cleveland winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Cleveland all day. Jacob? I got Browns, too. All right, the next matchup we got is the Atlanta Falcons coming in at 3-6, and six, coming off the bye. They're going to New Orleans, the number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The New Orleans Saints coming in at 7-2. and two. They're coming off the win against the injury-depleted San Francisco 49ers. But like Tyler mentioned in the Power Rankings, Drew Brees is out. We don't know for how long he's got broken ribs on both sides of his rib cage he's got a collapsed lung there's people saying he should retire there's people saying he is going to be back in two to three weeks I don't really know what to believe with this scenario I just know if I had a collapsed lung I probably wouldn't be going out and playing football um so it's very unlikely that Drew Brees plays this week Uh, I think he's probably already been ruled out so they're going with Jameis or Taysom Hill um but this year, uh, I can't trust the Falcons. Even if they're up in this game, I still think somehow Jameis Winston will have a chance to bring New Orleans back. 
to win the game. So I'm going with New Orleans in this game. What about you, Tyler? Man, this game is tricky. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to go with uh, them. They're three and one with their new coach. Uh, new Orleans is 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 kind of weakened right now. I don't see Drew Drew Brees playing, um, and they they you know we don't know what the, this team's going to look like without Drew Brees. It's uh-huh. tough to trust the Falcons. It, I mean, it's tough to trust the Falcons. I get it, but I like you know. The last, I, I like their roster coming into the season. I bet on them a lot early in the season. Um, their coaching was kind of what took me out of it. They changed coaching to three and one cents. So I'm rolling with the I'm rolling with the Falcons. My only thing with you saying we don't know what the Saints look like without Drew Brees is Teddy Bridgewater was six and zero with them last year. So I mean, if Jameis Winston can just dump it off to Camara well, if, Ted, and, if Teddy Bridgewater shows up then we'll be all right but <laughs> that's James fair Winston, that's I mean, fair Teddy Bridgewater is an efficient quarterback James Winston He's is not. the opposite if he if he if James Winston comes out and turns the ball over um like like he like he, does, he just can't lose um, him the game I which he has the ability to do fair I, I, but but also let's note I like Taysom Hill as getting a lot of snaps too. I mean, if they're really oh, they'll about use him Breeze, in different ways for sure. I'm just, I just, you know, if if Breeze is not gonna put pads on again, and I'm talking ever, you know, Taysom Hill is Sean Payton's guy. Yeah, and, and they're, you know, they're keeping people on their heels with the, with how they're managing him, and they're not really a starter. Um, I, I. I suspect it's going to be Jameis because they have him this year, but their long-term guy is Taysom Hill. So keep on on him. He could, he, we could see a ton of him under center. Yeah. All right, Jacob, who you got in this game? Well, I hate any game that involves the Falcons because every time I bet against them or for them, it I goes always, the opposite. I, opposite way. So I always lose. So I got to go with the Saints on this one. So right. hopefully they come through for me. All right. The next game we got is the Cincinnati Bengals coming in at two, six and one. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers expectedly uh, on Sunday. They're going to the nation's capital to take on the 2-7 and seven Washington football team who lost on a game-winning field goal by the Lions. Uh, but it was Alex Smith's first start since the horrific injury. And unfortunately, I think he is going to be 0-2 as a starter this year. I think this is the perfect game for Joe Burrow to win as a rookie quarterback. So I'm going with Cincinnati. Tyler, what about you? Yep, I like Joey D and the Bengals. Jacob? Yeah, I got Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals on this one too. All right, the next matchup we got is the Detroit Lions coming in at 4-5-1. and one. They're going to Carolina to – or well, they play in North Carolina. So they're going to North Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers who are coming in at 3-7. and seven. The Lions won on a Matt Prater field goal from 59 yards out at the last second and then the Carolina Panthers lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey in that game. They won't have him again this weekend. And now Teddy Bridgewater is hurt. So, I got to go with Matthew Stafford and the Lions on this one. I just I think they're the better team at this point. Tyler, what about you? I'm going with the Lions. Jacob. I got to actually go with the Panthers on this one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, hey. I, I think they're they're better put off than than the Lions. The Lions are they're kind of like the Falcons in a way where they're just a little I can't trust them every yeah. week. No, I don't blame you. So, hey, you got to get some 
some space well, in, get in some the separation. rankings. Yeah, we're gonna have some separation here. <laughs> All right, the next matchup we got is the number two team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the undefeated nine and zero Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going down to Jacksonville to take on the one and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Pittsburgh still the lone undefeated team. They beat Cincinnati last week, and then Jacksonville. They're coming off a loss to the Green Bay Packers, who looked kind of flat in that game, but Jacksonville still couldn't get the job done, and I don't think they get the job done here. Uh, like Tyler said, if Ben Roethlisberger is under center for the Steelers, I'm, I'm picking them to win every time. So uh, I got the 9-0 and Steelers moving on to 10-0. and Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got, got to go with Big Ben. Jacob? Yeah, I got to go with the Steelers. I really don't see them losing. Maybe next week when they play the Ravens for – uh, Thanksgiving, but man, they're I think they're gonna go ten and zero. Yeah, who knows? Eleven and zero for for next week too. Yeah, we'll see. But no, nah, I mean with the way Jacksonville season is going, it's it's tough. They're a big they're a big time sack away from not being a threat. Yeah, well, good thing Jacksonville doesn't have Ngakwe anymore. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Ngakwe, he's playing in the next game. We're gonna talk about. Uh, we got the Tennessee Titans coming in at six and three. They're coming off the loss to the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night football last week. They're going to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, the whole team. Baltimore Ravens, they're coming in at 6-3. and three. They're the, eight team, the number eight team in the TSK Show power rankings. They're coming off a surprising loss on Monday night football. Can Lamar Jackson beat a good team? That's what I want to know. Tyler brought it up in the power rankings. We don't know what to expect with this Ravens team when they play a good team. Tennessee, by this year's standards and last year, they are a good team. They're 6-3, and three, just like the Ravens are. They're coming off a loss against Indianapolis that I think was unexpected on there, and I thought they were going to come in and really ground and pound with Derrick Henry and win that game. So, I mean, I got Tennessee beating Baltimore because I – I haven't been given a reason for to trust Lamar Jackson in, in these types of scenarios, especially coming off the loss on Monday Night Football. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, man, it's it's been tough. It's got to be tough for the Ravens, um, especially like I said, uh, you know, the six and re- three record. It's kind of like, you know, it makes you feel like we're okay, look at their three okay, losses but, though, and, and it's just. And it's just like, yeah, you don't feel good about it. You know, like it, it, you just you don't feel good about the Ravens right now. Um, but Mark Ingram was out for a long time. I think he can add some, you know, some stability to the offense. And Lamar Jackson is really just, you know, if he plays great on Sunday, we're back on, you know. It's, as soon as Lamar gets going, uh, this team is going to be right back as a powerhouse in the NFL. I think everything else around him is – is good. They just need maybe maybe it's maybe it's play calling, uh, maybe it's a couple plays here and there. But uh, I like Baltimore Ravens to beat the Titans uh, purely because I think they're a better ball club all around. Yeah, despite their shaky performance against the better teams, I still got to go with them this week. This is where I make up my yeah. ground, folks. All right. Well, we'll see if you tie us. <laughs> we'll see. All right, the next matchup we got is the New England Patriots coming off that win on Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. They're coming in at 4-5. and five. They're going down to Houston to take on the 2-7 and seven Houston Texans. They lost by three to the Cleveland Browns in just a, a weird game. It was delayed by weather, and it was just such a low-scoring game. It, it was just a weird game overall. 
Uh, but I got New England winning this game. They, I think, are a better team than Houston, especially this year. Houston just has no stability, I think, even with Deshaun Watson being the mainstay and J.J. Watt being the mainstay on uh, defense and Deshaun on offense. They just could never get on track this season. Yeah. So, and, I mean, Bill Belichick finds a way to win football games like he did on Monday. So, I, I got to go with the Patriots. Tyler, what about you? Yep, got to go with the Patriots on this one. Jacob. Yep, Patriots all around. All right, the next matchup is the Miami Dolphins coming in at 6-3. and three. They're going to the Mile High City to take on the Denver Broncos, who are coming in at 3-6. and six. Uh, Tyler, you said you had them on the cusp of a – being a top 10 team, two has won three in a row. They beat the Chargers, and then Denver just got absolutely crushed by the Raiders last week. But I think somehow, some way, that mile-high air, it's going to get to Tua and the Dolphins, and I think Denver is going to be able to squeak one out somehow. Just just that home field and, and the altitude, Tua being a rookie, I don't know. So Something seems fishy to me. Tyler, what about you? Fishy, that was a good pun. <laughs> uh, no, man, Miami has been my... my wasn't, that wasn't even an intended pun. Wow. My, uh, my, Miami's been my... Uh, has been the kind of my new favorite this year. Um, my my saying has been fly, Dolphins, fly, baby. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins. <laughs> I, I got to ride this to a train, too, just because he's looked great in these past three he games. Has. So I think he goes 4-0 this week. All right. The next matchup we got is the winless New York Jets coming in at 0-9. They're coming here to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers coming in at 2-7. Chargers, they lost to Miami, but this is, like Joe Burrow, a perfect game for Justin Herbert to shine in. So I got the Chargers winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Yep. Uh, I, he's got to get a win. He's got to figure out how to how to get some wins going. So I like, I like this. This week is a perfect opportunity. Jacob. Yep. And what, what better way to do it than against the jets? So I got to go with Herbert and the chargers. And listen, I, I mean, real quick, I think if they don't win, if, if the chargers find another way to lose a game and they lose this game against the jets, Anthony Lynn's gone. I took the words right out of my yep, mouth. He's gone. All right. The next matchup we got is the number four team in the TSK show power rankings, the seven and two green Bay Packers. They are going to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts, coming in at 6-3. and three. The Packers, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars over the weekend. The score didn't really indicate the how the game went. The, the Packers were in control the whole game, but, I mean, when you don't dominate a team the way you're supposed to, it kind of takes away from the victory, I guess, in my opinion. I don't know. I just felt they came out kind of flat against Jacksonville when I was expecting Aaron Rodgers to to come out and dominate against a, a weaker opponent. And now they got to go up against a really an unexpected six and three team, I think, uh, from the outside looking. And I think everybody in Indianapolis thought they were going to be a good team, especially with Phillip Rivers uh, being added at quarterback. And they come off the win against the Tennessee Titans, their divisional opponent on Thursday night football. Uh, so, I mean, the Colts, they're a good team this year, but I think Aaron Rodgers is is going to win this game on the road. He has found a way to make it work with the weapons that the Packers have provided with him, albeit they're probably not to the level that 
people want them to be at uh, in terms of talent. But Aaron Rodgers makes it work every week, it seems like. And uh, they're seven and two, so I, I got them moving on to eight and two. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I, I got Green Bay winning, but this is a, this was a really hard football game to call because the Colts yeah. are, are a good football team this year. So um, I could definitely see the Colts pulling out a big win against the Packers, but uh, I, I am going to go. I am going to roll with Green Bay for the win. Yeah, even though the Packers have come out a bit shaky at times and a little bit of flat, like you mentioned, like especially for their two losses, I still got to take them in this game. They, I think the way they played the first three weeks, four weeks of the season was great. I think that's why people said that they were almost unstoppable. So I, I got I to gotta go with them this week, too. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the 2-7 and seven Dallas Cowboys. They're going to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming in at 3-5. and five. Dallas is coming off the bye. Minnesota coming off the big win uh, against a divisional opponent, the Chicago Bears, on Monday Night Football. They won that game by six. Minnesota, they started out slow, but they've kind of gotten themselves on a roll here. I, I believe this is their third win in a row, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. All thanks to Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen got a touchdown on Monday Night Football last night. Kirk Cousins, uh, primetime Kirk was back. So it, I got them beating the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas, they're clearly not having the year they were expecting to, but when your franchise quarterback goes down the way he did, it kind of derails your season so i got minnesota winning their fourth game in a row at home tyler what about you yep i like minnesota minnesota to win this game as well dallas uh although they might get um get dalton back uh so just like minnesota on the hot streak with dalton cook yeah there's no way i'm taking an nfc east team so vikings it is (laughs) all right the sunday night game this week I mean, hey, I don't think you could ask for a better Sunday night matchup. I mean, Chiefs, Raiders, that's a big-time rivalry in the AFC West. And with it being the Raiders' first season in Las Vegas, this is the Chiefs' first trip to Allegiant Stadium. We got the number one team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the 8-1 and Kansas City Chiefs, coming off the bye, going to Vegas against the 6-3 and Raiders, who I don't think – I mean – Maybe Tyler, would you have expected the Raiders to be six and three right now, Tyler? You know, I don't think so. As much as I did do love Gruden and his ability to kind of coach up, um, I think that this is as good. This is like best possible outcome right now. Is, is how they're playing. Oh, totally. And, and I mean, coming off the the dominating vic, like the dominating victory over the Broncos uh, on Sunday, they they got to be riding high, but to be facing a team like the Chiefs coming off a bye who have Le'Veon Bell, have had an extra week's rest to incorporate him, get him more familiar with the offense, and just the firepower alone that they have besides Le'Veon Bell with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and uh, I mean just a litany of others. It's it's going to be tough for John Gruden and the Raiders to win this game. So I got to go with Kansas City winning and moving on to 9-0. and But I think this game is more about the Chiefs being better than the Raiders being un- unexpectedly good this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the Raiders are, like, definitely a team that's set up to, you know, 
be the upset kind of kind of guys. I mean, they could, they're definitely like set up nicely to get an upset on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs, like divisional opponent. Gruden's gonna have them ready to go, but unfortunately, I just like you said, it's it's more about how good this Kansas City team is, and uh, Kansas City's just set up nicely with coming off the bye week. Um, so you know, I, I just don't think the Raiders are gonna be able to get it done. Uh, but I also think that they're a team that's like similar to Indianapolis poised to be like an upset team. Yeah. If you're the chiefs, I think this is a little bit of a redemption game because they did lose the first matchup against the Raiders. Yeah. So, and if you're the Raiders, this is, you got something to prove here that you belong in this division. So, but regardless of the Raiders uh, wanting to prove something, I got to take the chiefs. All right. And then the Monday night matchup, we got the number six team in the TSK show power rankings. My Los Angeles Rams coming off the big win over the Seattle Seahawks at home. They're coming into this game at six and three. They're going to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the number three team in the TSK show power rankings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are coming into that game at seven and three. Big time bounce back win over the Carolina Panthers after a lackluster performance against the Saints. But here's the thing. Tyler mentioned it. That Rams defense on Sunday against the Seattle uh, – that, that Rams defense on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks was something special. I got to shout out my guy Darius Williams for getting those two interceptions, one in the end zone. And, I mean, I mean, Tyler, you nailed it on the head. This team goes as the as Jared Goff goes. I mean, he, he – it comes down to him. If he plays well and the defense is humming, they'll win. If the defense is humming and Jared Goff is turning the ball over, the Rams are going to lose. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he, yeah, you know, he doesn't even have to turn over the ball either. He just, he has these weird spurts where, you know, he just doesn't play great football. Uh, but we see what, the capability he does have too when he plays well yeah and Um, i mean when you when you incorporate the run game the like with the running back by committee the way they did i thought it was the perfect balance on sunday against the seahawks if they can take that game plan and game model and somehow tweak a couple things and modify it a little bit because they're playing the buccaneers now i think if they go in with that attitude especially with the weapons like the buccaneers have with mike evans godwin and antonio brown the secondaries have to is it's going to have to be on point like they were against Seattle. Yeah, they've got they've got a huge task ahead of them, um, and and like I said in the top ten, I mean it's worth noting Andrew Whitworth being out is a big loss for them. Yeah, be- because of because of what we talked about with golf. I mean, how do you? No, well, he you know, he uses blindside protector. Dis- how do you disrupt a quarterback? Is you get in his face, you knock him down, you get sacks. You pressure him. You make him get rid of it before he's ready. Uh, you give him, you know, these are things Andrew Whitworth helped Goff with. And Tampa Bay has a defense uh, that can get to get to the quarterback and and really affect the game. I mean, so that that you know, it's not it's not the end of the world, um, but it is something to note. Um, and uh, you know, I just I do. I'm going to go with the with the Bucks at home though. I got to go with Brady on on Monday night. Uh, Tampa Bay is. Tampa Bay is, is scared. I mean, they could be Kansas City-esque at the end of the year. With the, with the laundry list of weapons that Tom Brady has on offense and how well the defense is playing, this is 
you know, this is one of the most complete football teams in the NFL. Um, so I, I think it's just a tough, it's a tough order for the, for the Rams this week. Yeah. I mean, I got to go with my guys, so I'm going with the Rams, but it's, it's going to be a tough one for sure. Jacob, what are your thoughts? I got to go with the Bucks on this one. That Whitworth injury does kind of scare me a little bit on that line. Um, and Tyler mentioned it too. They have so many weapons. I know the Rams have a couple pieces too, but the Bucks are scary at times. Other times they play really flat, but I think that they come out and they win this game. All right. And then we got four teams on by. Real quick, the number 10 team in the TSK show power rankings, the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Tough loss to Arizona on the Hail Mary at the last second when they thought they were going to get the win when Stefan Diggs scored. So it's it was a tough loss for them, but they, they'll bounce back after the bye. Then we got the Chicago Bears coming in at an even 5-5. Five and five. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. They've lost four in a row now after starting 5-1. and one. Tyler, do you think they go back to Mitch Trubisky after the bye? No. Okay. Well, no. Had to ask. I think, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously a possibility, but I think they'll probably try to move away from him. Yeah. All right, then the New York Giants coming in at 3-7. and seven, They got the big win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, that obviously has some divisional tiebreaker implications because of how close the NFC East is, so that's going to be something to watch if New York can string together a couple more wins. They might find themselves in the playoff picture somehow. Um, and then the San Francisco 49ers, the lone under 500 team in the NFC West. They're 4-6. and six. They lost to New Orleans. They're still depleted by injury, but this bye week gives them a chance to get some of their guys back, hopefully, uh, for next week. But, all right, let's uh, let's hit the hoop since it's uh, getting right back into it. So, let's do it. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Seconds at mid Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? So, like I said last week, the NBA is quickly ramping back up, and uh, we're doing the show on a Tuesday night when we normally do it on a Wednesday night. But tomorrow night, Wednesday night, is the NBA draft. It's already here. We're a little over a month uh, out from the NBA Finals ending, and now the NBA draft is here. And um, I'll be honest. I've been a little too busy celebrating the Lakers championship to really be focused on the NBA draft. Uh, the Lakers had the 28th pick in the draft, but that's going to go to Oklahoma City in the Dennis Schroeder trade, but we'll get to that in a little bit after the draft. Um, I just thought real quick I would run through the draft lottery, uh, just who's picking where. And then I'll, I'll turn it over to Tyler because he's really been the draft expert uh, on the TSK show all these years and, and really with me celebrating the Lakers championship and not really focusing on it. He's really focused uh, on the draft and he's got some 
thoughts on the top five. So real quick, the lottery, the number one pick is the Minnesota Timberwolves. The number two pick is the Golden State Warriors. Three Charlotte Hornets, four Chicago Bulls, five Cleveland Cavaliers, six Atlanta Hawks, seven Detroit Pistons, eight New York Knicks, nine Washington Wizards, 10 Phoenix Suns, 11 San Antonio Spurs, 12 Sacramento Kings, 13 New Orleans Pelicans, and then the last pick in the lottery, number 14, the Boston Celtics. All right, Tyler, who should we be looking out for at the top of this year's draft? Well, first off, I'm going to start, you know, it's going to be tough to predict because there's going to be some trades at the top, I think. Yeah. You know, so I definitely know, you know, there's guys, there's top five guys uh, where they're going to be playing. Who knows? Because, you know, Golden State's at number two, you know, they could, they could move back. Um, they could trade. They could definitely trade. Um, I think that uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Detroit Pistons, you know, the Knicks, all these teams are trying to trade up. Um, also, you know, um, Minnesota could possibly trade. I, I don't know if they want to. I think that LaMelo Ball is the obvious kind of choice for number one pick this year. Um, even though it's not, not as, as just, it's not as 100% as years past because, you know, Wiseman's coming off an injury. He's typically really up there. And Anthony Edwards really played like the number one pick in college basketball. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the big three to me, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. Um, I think that you also have to uh, th- what, throw, throw in our homie Denny's name. <laughs> Denny Avida. Avida. There we go. And, and you got to throw an Obi top in. And I or think Avdia. Sorry, Avdia. Avdia. I got yeah. that wrong. Denny Avdi- Denny Avdia. Avdia. And, and so I really like him to go to Cleveland. I think that Cleveland is definitely going to go with him. Uh, he can fill a forward spot for those guys. They yeah, he's a long, guards. lanky wing. Well, and they have a lot of guards, and then they got a lot of bigs. So he's perfectly in that mix. Um, he'll pair nicely with uh, Jetty. Um, that, that's a lot of talent, versatility, and length for, for forward, young forwards. He's like um, one of those typical, like, now, like, positionless basketball, like, body types yeah. that everyone's looking for. Yep. And I also, you know, within the top five, you know, this, this hasn't really been talked about in the media, but. Uh, I could also like to see Cavaliers move up to maybe the number two spot and take Anthony Edwards hmm. um, or James. Uh, uh, just, you know, maybe maybe Kevin Love to Golden State. Uh, I don't know. I, I like Golden State. To, they have a lot of options there. They can trade for a veteran star. Um, I would love to see them take James Wiseman and, and stay with him, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. So ultimately, I think it's going to go LaMelo, Wiseman, um, Anthony Edwards, Obi Toppin to Chicago. Uh, I think he can be a nice, uh, a nice forward. To he can play alongside Markinen or Wendell Carter, um, and then uh, Denny Avida at number five. All right, now real quick, I wanted to talk about Lamelo because let's be real, we we got a soft spot for him here on the TSK show. We've we've talked about him and the ball family since really the the start of their hype and i mean he was 16 years old at the time when we started talking about him and now and we were believers then that he was going to be a top pick he was younger than that i mean he was a freshman in high school yeah or or what i mean he was a sophomore in high school when we started the show and he skipped the eighth grade so i think that he was probably maybe even 14 15 when we started covering this kid yeah 
What is he? He's only 18 now. Yeah, he's 18. So, I mean, it's... Uh, but man, I mean, I love uh, I love LaMelo. He's one of my favorite prospects to come out in, in a really long time. Dude's got it all. Yeah, and then, I mean, we we got to shout out his former high school teammate, too. Uh, Onika Okongwu. Yeah, Big O. He's... I mean, Chino Hills might have two lottery picks here in this in this NBA draft this season. They 100% will have two lottery picks. And look for this kid. This kid is, I mean. He's explosive. He, obviously, I can't, obviously, I can't show you a graph chart, but this is a trending upwards kid. This dude is on a, on a huge rise. Uh, I don't know if he was a first-round draft pick uh, before last year, but he's got like a bam out of my body. Um, and he's got that kind of skill set. He played that year uh, with Lamelo Ball in the Drew League against grown men and absolutely dominated as yep. an 18-year-old. Um, this kid is really like putting together a really good basketball game. Can do a lot of different things. He's six nine, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Um, so I mean, really, he, he's you know, think of Bam out of bio, the way he moves, the way he can play. Um, that's what this kid is going to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, where do you see Cole Anthony going? See now, this is there's there's not a ton of teams that need point guards, you know. Um, so it's always it's always kind of hard to predict because it's typically a team will take you know a backup. Uh, but I I think that Cole Anthony um, and I'll throw a Nico Manny in because I think that they're outside of Lamelo, um, maybe maybe Malachi Flynn. There there's not going to be a ton of point guards taken in the first round, so. I like Cole Anthony to go somewhere in that fifteen to twenty-five range. I know that's kind of a that that's kind of a wide range, uh, but I'm hoping that he gets picked up by somebody like good that he can kind of you know maybe Brooklyn Nets at nineteen um, if they don't trade that pick. Uh, maybe he goes and plays in Portland um, if Portland doesn't have a lot of talent there to play right away. Maybe get a backup. For, well, Portland for Portland just traded their first round pick to Houston. So, oh well, there you go. So, so maybe you you know, there's a lot of teams I think in that back end they could use a backup point guard. And Cole could be a backup point guard right away. I you know now is there someone out there that believes he's going to be their starting point guard? Uh, I'm not so sure if he gets a starting gig as a rookie, but I don't know if that's necessarily best case scenario. Maybe Dallas, you know, that could be cool. Yeah. No, I mean Cole, it, Cole's Cole's going to be an athletic guy. He's going to be, and I think Nico Nico Mannion as well. They're, those are two really good point guards coming out in this draft. The Lakers actually worked out Nico Mannion last week, so I mean, could the Lakers pick him at twenty eighth for Oklahoma City? That that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, but I mean, Oklahoma City is going to need just want to stockpile young talent. Yeah, I mean, they have um, sixteen draft picks. Jeez. From now to twenty twenty sixth. Yep, and, and yeah, and I, I think that yeah, Presti is doing what he needs to do, um, and so yeah, those are you know those are the two point guards. Uh, obviously, Nico Mannion and Koya each developed into starting point guards. Uh, but I was more talking just rookie roles, rookie yeah. fits instantly. But they're both first round picks. Um, but I don't see either one of them going to the lottery. Uh, I will shout out Malachi Flynn one more time and Jaden McDaniel's. Um, they're my Seattle Seattle natives. I think that they're probably like twenty to thirty, uh, maybe even second round guys. Um, but it's another another couple of Seattle prospects in the NBA. Yeah, no, and I mean, listen, this draft—it's one. 
it was fast approaching because it's literally like a month after the NBA finals. And two, we're going to talk about these trades in a couple of minutes. These, this draft, there's going to be a lot of movement. I think tomorrow night, I think there's going to be a lot of trades happening where these picks are involved. Yep. Uh, yep. Definitely. And, and, uh, you know, I like, uh, shout out RJ, uh, RJ Hampton. He's the other kid that, uh, you know, skipped college, yep. uh, skipped his senior year of high school, actually, went to Australia, played in that same league as Lamelo. He's, I like him to be a borderline lottery pick. Uh, Boston has seemed to show the most interest in him. They have three first round picks. Um, what they have the 14th pick and then two at the end of the first round. So, um, look for Boston either take him at 14. Or if they think he's sliding, maybe trading 26 and 30, trying to move up and snag him. Interesting. All right. Well. Uh, you, got, you got your boy Cassius Stanley in the draft, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was working out. Uh, who did I see him working out with the other day? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I saw him. He's I, a high flyer, though. So, yeah. he's got, you know, he's got unlimited potential. If he develops any sort of game. God damn it, you know, Tyler. sort of. Every time I hear someone say unlimited, I just now refer back to the Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited video. Yeah, it's oh. the worst. He should have never done that shit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this is going to be a dope draft. I'm excited. I've been watching most of these kids in high school. Like you mentioned, um, there wasn't a ton of ba- there wasn't a ton of college basketball. So um, I'm excited to see a ton of these names go off the list. A lot of guys we didn't even mention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ready, ready to ready to rock. Yeah, man. Tomorrow night's gonna be fun. It's, I mean, draft. I mean, the NBA off season. I feel like is always a fun time, and and it always does get kicked off with the draft. So, draft, free agency, and trades, man. That's some of the some of the most fun there is. Yes, and there were a whole bunch of trades within the last forty eight hours, and uh, I got. A few of them that I wanted to to touch on, really the the big ones, really I mean, the really the only ones that happened. There was a couple minor deals. Uh, I think like Houston and Brooklyn made like a minor deal, not like a big deal, or was it Detroit and Brooklyn? I don't remember. It was a smaller deal. It didn't really matter. But the big trade I wanted to kick off with, obviously, was the Los Angeles Lakers agreeing in principle to a deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder to send Danny Green and the 28th pick in this year's draft, like I mentioned earlier, to Oklahoma City for uh, point guard Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder averaged 18.9 points per game and four assists per game last season. He was a sixth man of the year candidate, and many people thought that he was actually going to win the award because they thought that Montrezl Harrell and Lou Will from the Los Angeles Clippers would split the votes, and it well, would. He end had up, my vote in that. Yeah, uh, he had my vote in yeah. it as well. Um, so he didn't end up winning Sixth Man of the Year, but he has been in contention for it. I believe the past two years. I think this is a great move for the Lakers. Schroeder is, and I've had this conversation with a, a few people, and we've all kind of come to this consensus, and I've heard it from other people. He's honestly like a younger modern day Rondo. He's he's not as good of a passer as Rondo is and was, but he's definitely a better scorer. He's a solid defender and this move 
by the Lakers, I think really addresses one of the key weaknesses the Lakers had, and that is who will handle the ball when LeBron isn't playing point guard on offense, and then Schroeder can guard the other team's point guard on offense. So really, I think this move protects the Lakers in the case that both or one of Rajon Rondo and or Avery Bradley leave in free agency this offseason. Avery Bradley has a player option. Rondo is a free agent. There's been some talks of him maybe going to Atlanta, maybe him going to the Clippers. So the Lakers were going to need to get another guard on the team, and this this move does that. And really, I think another thing that the Lakers are going to be trying to do now, especially now that they've won a championship with LeBron and Anthony Davis together, is they got to get more players on track with Anthony Davis's career path and trajectory and age, really, because Dennis Schroeder is now on that track. He's only 27 years old, so I think the Lakers are going to end up signing Schroeder to a long-term deal at some point either during the season or in the offseason. He's only got one year left on his deal for $15 million. So I think this is just another move for the future in building the team around Anthony Davis. And then on Oklahoma City's behalf, like I mentioned, they now have 16 first-round picks between this year's draft and 2026. So, I mean, hats off to Sam Presti for getting all of those assets hopefully they they end up working out for you one day bud but tyler what what did you think about this trade uh i mean i think it's a win for both like you said schroeder checks a ton of boxes for the lakers um i love schroeder i mean a big fan of his since day one uh i was you know he was kind of held back a tad you know in atlanta um, just coming off the bench, um, not getting like a ton of minutes as a young guy, but in the long run, maybe that helped out. And then playing with Chris Paul, I think helped out a lot. Uh, one of the nice things for Schroeder in LA is that there won't be a pressure to start him either. He just came off the bench last year. I think he's going to um, want to be a starter uh, though, after being a sixth no, man. No. And he, he most likely will be a starter, um, but you don't have to start him. Uh, you they know, can start LA, Caruso they finished with their best team regardless. And I think yeah. Schroeder has, like you said, Schroeder has a on the team long-term. Uh, like you said, he matches Davis's age. He's more of a building piece. Um, and this dude just, I mean, I think some of the stuff he's going to bring is just energy and speed and athleticism and youthfulness. Um, stuff that not, you know, typically like a lot of LeBron teams don't have that. You know what I mean? Typically, you got a bunch of veterans, a bunch of smart players, a bunch of good shooters. He's not really that. He's kind of the opposite of that. Um, and I don't think you need to bring back Rondo at this point. You know, Rondo would be a luxury to have, but um, you really just need – with with Caruso's ability to bring the ball up off the bench or in a, in, a, in a bigger role in the future, and then coupled with LeBron's ability to play the point, you really only need like one point, two point on the team as far as like in the rotation and he's definitely that guy. And then, like you said, Oklahoma city, I think is doing it the right way. They're, they're stacking their team for the future. And, um, you know, they look like they, they're set up like Boston was, um, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, this, they've got a bright future ahead of them as far as like, uh, draft drafting capabilities and, and, and their rebuild. 
Yeah, if you're the Lakers, the only reason why this this trade scenario comes up is because Rondo is going to walk, I think. Uh, I don't think he stays another year, um, despite the ring. But this is a huge upgrade, like Eric said. Uh, Schroeder's a speed demon from what I've seen in Atlanta and in OKC, and he's a huge upgrade. Uh, at times, he's kind of the d- defensive liability, I guess, depending on what matchup he gets with yeah, the I've heard guards. he has. I've heard he has some mental lapses, but I but think... Other, but other than that, his offensive game is a huge upgrade from Rondo. But I think on the defensive end, I think being on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, a, and in an environment where a lot is demanded from you, I think Schroeder's going to be able to answer the call and step up to the plate and really, like, not have those mental lapses. Yeah, and that's, that's the only concern I have with <clears throat> Schroeder. Other than that, I think, again, he's a better upgrade than Rondo. Uh, just because he will put pressure in transition, uh, and that's what you want, too. And, again, he does take off the pressure uh, of LeBron, of handling the ball, which mm-hmm. Rondo did that in the playoffs. The things that you're going to miss, though, if Rondo's gone, is you're going to miss him in the playoffs, so that leadership. Yeah. But hopefully Schroeder, what he did last year in OKC, he can bring that to the table for the Lakers. Yeah. Tyler, you got any more thoughts on this uh, Schroeder trade? No. No, I think it's a, it's a good move for the future. Start, like you said, start thinking about what it's going to be like life after LeBron. Cause yeah, this is this is your last guaranteed with him, and uh, you know, Schroeder Schroeder's going to be able to play well. Um, if if they don't win a championship, they ain't bringing him back, though. Yeah, I mean, I, that'll. I think it'll depend on how he plays and and really the the scenario on if they were to lose and how they lost, but. Also, realistically, they got to re-sign Anthony Davis. He's technically a free agent right now. I, he was joking with, uh, not really joking, but he was did an interview with Chris Haynes, and Chris Haynes was talking about the Schroeder trade with Anthony Davis, and uh, he brought up your team, Chris Haynes did, and Anthony quickly stopped and was like, wait, Chris, I don't have a team right now kind of thing. Like, Obviously, that's a Anthony being a smart, savvy, young guy, and it's like, oh, this clip's about to go viral. Like, let me do some do something funny kind of thing but they got to resign Anthony True. Davis but I think they they ultimately do so that's that's really a non issue there but talking more about OKC and moving for the future they got everything they could have possibly imagined out of Chris Paul in the one year that they had him and now they had to move on from him. The league is in a different economic situation because of China, because of the coronavirus, and realistically, they didn't want to pay a 35-year-old point guard $41 million this season and $44 million the next season. So Chris Paul and Abdel Nader are no longer a part of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are now members of the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue and a 2022 first round pick. That's another one of those 16 first round picks that we mentioned. Now, this move doesn't really say much about Oklahoma City. We knew that they were probably going to get off of Chris Paul. Phoenix, on the other hand, I think wasn't a scenario that anybody really considered. We thought Chris Paul was going to maybe be a Laker. I didn't want that. A lot of people did. We thought maybe Chris Paul would come back to the Clippers and team up with Kawhi Leonard and maybe Paul George or Paul George gets traded back. 
to make the money work. Who knows? But Phoenix now gets a running mate for Devin Booker, as well as a veteran leader in a young locker room, and it gives DeAndre Ayton a nice pick-and-roll partner with Chris Paul. And Chris Paul gets to reunite with Monty Williams, who coaches. Uh, he coached CP3 uh, for one season in New Orleans. And Chris Paul gets to be probably about 45 minutes to an hour on a private jet uh, from his kids. So I think this is a huge, huge, huge win for Phoenix. Do I think this propels them to a top four team in the Western Conference? No. I think they could maybe be a seven or eight seed and in that play-in scenario, again, because the league announced that there is going to be a play-in scenario again this season for the for the shortened season. So I like the move for Phoenix, but I don't think it's it, I don't think it makes them a championship contender. I think it makes them a playoff contender. What about you guys? Yeah, I wouldn't say it it makes them in that uh, or puts them in that top four tier of the Western Conference. I do like this trade because for Phoenix, you're switching it up, but. If, if you're hoping for them to make a, a run in the playoffs, I don't think it's going to happen. I think what Sam Presti did is he at least put younger pieces along with Chris Paul to get or to at least give him that shot. And again, people doubted Chris Paul coming into that season with the, with the Thunder, and he proved all of his doubters wrong. Yeah. So maybe he does that here in Phoenix, but I don't know. I think him and Booker will, will play well off of each other, but I don't know how much other talent is, is there. Yeah. The, the other person that is pretty interesting to me is DeAndre Ayton, is how well he plays in this season. I and think, this is going to be the first time we see Devin Booker really play meaningful basketball. Exactly, yeah, because now you have somebody who takes the pressure off of you. Now you have a legit ball handler, a guy with a high IQ. And a leader. And a leader, first and foremost. And so I think what by, by getting Chris Paul, I think you hope – if you're the Phoenix Suns, that your culture will change a little bit by getting this guy. But, again, the interesting player to me is still DeAndre Ayton, how he comes out. You know what you're going to get from Booker. You know what Chris Paul's going to give you. But I think Ayton was some guy that they were really high on. So I don't know how he comes into the season. I would like to see him do great and at least have this team be 8 or 9 uh, by the end of the season. Well, I think you guys nailed most of it. Um, see, see, I thought – from a basketball standpoint, this was like the perfect move for Chris Paul, you know? So yeah. I, I really thought like, this is the, this was like one of the best case scenarios, similar to like Melo to Portland. Yeah. It's a great um, fit. They needed a point guard. And I do think that it propels them into like, they're, they're in the playoffs. I don't think that there's, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have to see them play yet. I know that they, they've been bad historically, but the run they made in the bubble the, the confidence and the ability, uh, the confidence in Devin Booker's ability that I have, I think Aiton is, is going to be one of the best bigs in the league once he's developed. And, and Chris Paul just, like, wraps it up in a nice bow. Um, so Phoenix, I think, is more of like a five to seven seed. Um, and maybe, you know, if Chris Paul does what he did in OKC and, and Booker is averaging 30 a game, you know, maybe maybe they do creep in the top four. The, the Suns are going to be a really dangerous team in the regular season. Uh, not a not a title contender though. Um, and then you know, OKC just just doing what they need to do, getting dumping their talent and getting picks and young guys. Yep. All right. Now, the Eastern Conference, the the big, the two big moves were made by one team. 
and it was the Milwaukee Bucks. They traded Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, three future first-round picks, and two pick swaps for Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, I just want to point out the three future first-round picks and two pick swaps, that's the same amount of draft picks as Anthony Davis was worth or that the Lakers sent out to New Orleans. So just want to put that out there. People can take that for what it's worth. Now, the other trade that they made was trading Dante DiVincenzo, Ersan Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson in what will be a sign-and-trade for Kings guard and sharpshooter Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, at first, before the Bogdanovich trade got announced, I was kind of laughing at Milwaukee for giving up that much for an expiring contract in Drew Holiday, and I don't want to take that away from Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday has been known as one of the most underrated players in the NBA, and that's by the players themselves. They say he's underrated by the media and everybody else out there. They know how good of a player he is, so I, I don't want to take. I don't want to say he's not valuable or not worth those picks, but like I said, that's the same amount of picks that the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis. Well, I think he's great and valuable, but I don't think he's valuable for that many picks. Right. So that move alone on itself was weird, but then they make the the next move to sign Bogdan Bogdanovich, and it's like, okay, they're— Well, now it's more interesting. Right. The Bucks are doing absolutely everything possible to entice Giannis Antetokounmpo to sign that max extension that he has yet to sign, and these two moves are signaling— to me at least, that the Bucks realized they fell short this past year and they will do whatever it takes to get to the NBA Finals this upcoming season with Giannis in his last year of his contract and hopefully he'll be extended before the season based off of these two moves. But I'm also thinking, couldn't all of these trades been avoided if the Bucks had just re-signed Malcolm Brogdon last offseason and they wouldn't have had to give up all of those picks for Drew Holiday? Well, that no, because I still don't think they win the title. That's fair. I but, mean, this is the, yeah. Go I, ahead. No, I mean, I just I don't think that Milwaukee's a championship team still, even with these moves. Okay. Okay, so I'll piggyback off that because I'm there with you. Um I think that they've made a really good attempt. You know, Drew is a really nice player, underrated, whatever you – I know what he brings to the table. Right. Uh, Bogdanovich is a nice, nice young piece. He's a good, solid basketball player. Yeah. But, but the, the, <laughs> you know, if I'm Milwaukee, I'm super nervous because they just put their chips all in the middle of the table. They hamstrung this franchise for five years. Um, I'm getting tastes of Cleveland in 2010, um, Brooklyn Nets in like 2013 to 2015. Yep. Um, Houston Houston Rockets the last couple of years. Um, they completely built their franchise, got rid of everything, adapted just around one person for that person to leave and then be bad for a handful of years after, leave them in distress. Um, if if Giannis leaves this team, they have no picks, no young, no young talent to build off of. Um, most of their guys are in their prime or aging out of it. Um, so this is this is a risky move because Giannis 
you know, I never, I thought Giannis would be a lifer for sure, but you know, two MVPs and, and no finals appearances. Yeah. It, nothing it, to show it's for not it. Good. It's not good. So, you know, if he goes out there and wins a third MVP and, and gets beat in the Eastern conference finals or the semifinals, or even in the NBA finals, I think he's going to walk. Um, and they're going to be left with nothing. Well, and it's like, clearly the Bucks had to do something to entice him to stay. And, and their and general manager, John Horst, he did everything he can. These moves are interesting. Uh, right. But I personally don't I, think I, it's I, enough, though. Right. So we all do, we're all in agreement. They're not championship moves. Like, this is – Drew Holiday is a great basketball player, but this does not make me afraid of the Bucks. I'm right. not – like, I, there's other teams in, in the East that are going to compete with them, and there's definitely there's, – there's at least three teams in the West that are better than them, even with these guys. So it's just like I, I feel like for three picks, you should have gotten, you know, I, I need to see Bradley Beal or, or CJ McCollum or some, some James some Harden. Superstar. James Harden. Yeah, exactly. I need someone on the perimeter that's going to get buckets. Who can we lean on at the end of the game to get a shot? Yeah. So who do they go to now? You know, they go to Bogdanovich, go to Drew Holiday. You, you know, you're not going to Middleton. So it's just like it's all on Giannis once again. They're they're a very versatile basketball team. Uh, they shortened up their rotation, obviously, by trading all these guys to get you know higher quality players at the top. But man, I'm nervous if I'm Milwaukee because I, I really want I, I really need Giannis to sign before Game One, or or I'm going to be if if they start Game One with Giannis unsigned, I'm I'm just sweating the whole season, and and I need them to win 60 plus games and win the championship for him to stay. Yeah, I mean if. If Giannis resigns and gets the and like signs the extension, they win the championship with this team. The front office looks like geniuses. But if they flop again like they have the past two years with Giannis being the MVP, these guys are out of a job because they, they completely hamstrung this organization for the next five years, like Tyler said. I I understand them like they need to do this. They need to go all in because you don't you don't get free agents in Milwaukee. You have to draft the diamonds in the rough, the franchise players, which they fucking hit the jackpot. Yeah. You know, so I it, it's like I don't want to be so critical in that sense. I just feel like they dropped the ball and like the players that they got are are good, but not necessarily the right players to take them over the top. Yeah, see if if you were if you were Milwaukee or if I was Milwaukee, I would have traded for somebody a lot bigger, bigger caliber of a player to keep around with Giannis to entice him to stay. Again, these are interesting moves, but I just don't know how much Bogdan can give you. Drew Holiday is a proven scorer, great playmaker, and I think he takes pressure off of Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton. But I don't know how much he adds to this team, though. Yeah. Again, they were they were shortened last season by the Heat. So do these players, if you swap those players into that roster against the Heat, do they do they give the edge over the Heat? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. They're going to be a good basketball team. Um, They'll be a good regular season Giannis, basketball team again, but it, I don't Giannis, think it's going to Giannis, amount to anything. Yeah, but see, they can go on these 54-win seasons or whatever and then get to the playoffs and then not prove anything. Yeah, no, they, 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 need, to, they need to get it while, while Giannis is there. I'm, I'm nervous if I'm a Milwaukee fan, but at the same time, you still got him, so it's still okay. Every day you got him, it's okay. This is their last chance, though. 
but but Giannis is a special player and he could he could absolutely do it. Um, so it's it's we'll see. Like you said, we'll see. The only time will tell on how how this off season is going to go for Milwaukee. Yeah. All right. The last trade I wanted to talk about real quick before we get out of here. It's Trevor Ariza heading back to Houston in exchange for Robert Covington. Portland is also sending Houston the 16th pick in this year's draft and a 2021 protected first round pick. Houston, they're collecting draft picks as they get set for what looks like it will be a rebuild if they end up trading James Harden and or Russell Westbrook. But they're not going to be in any rush to do that, it looks like. Well, yeah, Houston wants big returns for both of those players. And the price just went up if that's what Drew Holiday just went for. <laughs> so, D- Double the draft picks and d- double the players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Portland, they're adding now one of the best wing defenders in the league right now. And, I mean, Houston, I believe Robert Covington was part of that Clint Capella trade, so... Houston gave up a lot to get Robert Covington, and now they're getting Trevor Ariza and a first-round pick in return. So oh, he's back in Houston. Trevor's back in Houston, but Houston giving up or, or Houston receiving that 16th pick in the first-round draft. That's I think big time. Well, they, yeah, that's what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you're if you're Portland, got, if you're and, Portland, you don't really care so much about that 16th pick. You want to win now too, right? And Robert Covington is a win now move. Yeah, that 16th pick, you don't know what you're going to get because you've already added Mallow per se. You have Covington, CJ, and Dame again. That's another pair. You don't know how long that they're going to stay together. So you, if you're Portland, you need a win now. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah, big move for Portland. I think that's a really good piece for them. What what were you gonna say about Houston though, and and getting the pick? Oh, that 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 was what they wanted. That that was the main prize. Right. Trevor might not ever play for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, Trevor might not play for Houston, so they could figure out uh, a, either buy him out, cut him, or send him in, send him off in a different trade. And also, I wanted to mention I, f- I forgot when we were talking about the Chris Paul trade. I have a feeling that once everything is official official that the Chris Paul trade to Phoenix and the Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers, I have a feeling those two trades are somehow going to get merged because there's been some talk about Kelly Oubre potentially ending up with the Lakers. Um, So there, there could be some other movement uh, with those two trades. And I think they, somehow some way will end up getting linked together to each other and it ends up being like a three-team deal or something um i just forgot to note that when we makes, were talking about it makes sense yeah so i need more cap flexibility cap flexibility and the lakers get another wing in kelly Oubre, which hey i am mad at he's a young talented wing in this league yeah and okc is not really looking for bodies they're looking for they're look, you know Oubre is not part of okc's rebuild right exactly so, yeah, and I mean, really the only other news in the offseason world of the NBA is James Harden and Russell Westbrook and the situation in Houston, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. I said that Houston's probably not in a rush to trade either of those guys. They have all the leverage in this situation. They have them under contract for multiple years. So, I mean, James Harden might end up in Philly. He might end up in Brooklyn. Who knows? Who knows where Russell Westbrook ends up? But it's pretty known right now that both of those guys want out. Oh, yeah. For sure, Westbrook, 
Harden as of as of late as of late wants out. Yeah, no, I think they're both gone too. I I agree with Tyler. Which I I said this last year when that trade happened between Russ and Chris Paul. I think I said it at first that OKC was going to benefit from it because I didn't like Houston pairing Harden and Westbrook together. I don't think, but I don't think Westbrook and Harden were the issue in Houston. No, no, no. It's they didn't have a center. They traded Clint Capella. Well, that's see, that's their own fault. But I just don't think that they that they meshed well i don't think that they could play well together now if harden decides to go to brooklyn i don't think that ends up well either that's going to be chaos that's even worse I, yeah yeah he has ties with durant but if you're Kyrie Kyrie's irving, the issue there yeah if you're Kyrie irving you're sitting there not liking that trade yeah and I, and i'm and i don't want to say Kyrie irving's an issue I'm, i meant like if those three were to pair i think Kyrie he, irving would the be issue. the odd man out yeah. and it would be that yeah, he would be the issue, which is weird. Which is weird to begin with, because if you're Durant, you went there because of Kyrie. You guys talked about this a season before, and then Durant shows up and is now trying to draw in James Harden. And if you're Kyrie, you're you're the odd man out. Yeah, I I think I think Harden's for sure gone. I would say like eighty percent likely he goes to Brooklyn. Um, I think it's you know, a better fit in Philly. He has a way better fit all, in Philadelphia. It's a, better, it's a better fit, but I think you know. I do believe that Kyrie and KD and James all want to play with each other. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that the Nets are, you know, the uh, the Rockets are like, you got to give me more, you know. Um, so whatever, the, that's what's hamstringing this deal is just the 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 Rockets know that Harden wants to go to the Nets, and, and so there's not a lot of power there. Well, if you're, uh, if you're also, the Nets, do you part ways with Karis LeVert? Yes. For James Harden? Yeah. Easily. Well, yeah, I, yeah, so I understand I that they're so strong on him. Gotta do yeah, but you have you have such high hopes for Karis LeVert, but if you're going to get James Harden in return and pair those three up together, as much as a train wreck I think it's going to be, you got to do it if you're Brooklyn. You got to get Jared. You got to get Jared Allen. So you get a center if you're Houston and Dinwiddie's and, in and that deal. Gotta, Levert's in that deal. Joe Harris probably in that Joe deal. Harris, you know, but that's that's where that's why it hasn't gone through. Is you know. The, the Houston wants a lot because they deserve a lot for Harden. Um, well, look what and Russell, you know, who knows where Russell goes. Yeah. And I mean, Houston has every right to ask for whatever they want for both of these guys. And like I said, look what Drew Holiday got back. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The, like I said, the, the NBA offseason is always a fun time with the draft, free agency, trades, all of that. So we're we're right back in the swing of things, boys. It's sports are back. I, I mean, we finished two seasons with the NBA and the MLB, and we're in the middle of the NFL. But sports are back. It's it's great. So I mean, you guys, uh, you guys got any shout outs out of here? Uh, shout outs before yeah. we get out of here. Oh yeah, dude! Shout out all my Tar Heels out there. <laughs> it was a rough. It was a rough day, but. I got to shout out my boys in the Carolina Blue one time. Uh, you know, oh, Vince, man. Mar- Vince, Marvin, Harrison Barnes, Tyler Hansborough, you know the squad. Psycho T, baby. Jacob, you got a shout out before we get out of here? No, not this week, but it was fun to enjoy the bet either way. <laughs> All right, and then uh, Dennis Schroeder is my shout out. Welcome to Los Angeles. I know it's not official, but welcome to Los Angeles, the city of champions. Can't wait to see what you bring to the table, and hopefully you'll be hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season with the Lakers. 
So uh, with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.